The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, ho, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. And this is our first show of 2024. And hopefully 2024 is going to be a great year. I'm hoping so. Um, before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Ron Russell. Raining. <laughs> like 52 degrees. Cloudy. Cold. I feel like crap. Oh. And it's terrible for me, too, because like, my knee is not good in the rain I mean, and the cold. I, I, the you know, we, I can't even walk. <laughs> Astro Court. We wanted we want to move back east, but I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could take this kind of weather all the time for a long time. But I'm sniffling, I'm coughing. Ugh. Anyway, we're going to start the new year happy. You know, Jimmy, I couldn't find my shaver, so I didn't shave. Do I look bad? I put your shaver in your shaver holder. Oh. I know you never use it. Look, look for it because <laughs> you always leave it places. <laughs> I took it out of the car yesterday and put it there. Should I close that? You know, you close that because the dog's going to bark at everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. There's something wonderful to be said about living alone because yeah. where you put it, you find it. But you didn't know where you put it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had it in the car. And that's the last place I looked for it was in the car. Yeah, I took it out of the car yesterday. I know that because you love to touch. You it. love to touch other people's things. No, I wanted to charge it so it would be good for you today. My, my <laughs> daughter Leslie is staying with us, and now suddenly my kitchen—I have no idea where spoons are, pots. She threw out all my pots, you know. She didn't like them. She did. She really did. She threw my pots out because her pots were better. So now when she gets an apartment. I have to go out and buy all new pots because she threw my pots out. Rearranged my house. I think I'm having some sort of a nervous breakdown. Small one, small. But you know what? There is something to be said for living alone. There is. There's a lot to be said for it. So I think I'm going to get an apartment. <laughs> Just Astro and I because we get along fine. Right, honey? Does it, don't we get um, kiss your daddy? So let's keep talking. So first of all, we want to welcome everybody to the chat room. Yes. What's up, chat room? Don Hinton has joined us. Hub Reynolds Jr. has joined us. Uh, Stefan Bell is in the chat room. Cindy Lady Lake's in the chat room. Don is in the chat room. They they rescued a dog for Christmas. Congratulations. Um, and uh, who else is in there? It's kind of going fast. Oh, Hub Reynolds. I said Hub Reynolds, right? Okay. So people no, are starting to join no, us. You did not. 
Uh, Hub Reynolds is in the chat room. So um, we want to wish everybody in the chat room a happy new year and everybody tuning in a happy new year and hope everybody had a good one. And we hope 2024 is going to be a fantastic year for all of us. And I'm happy that uh, our guest today is safe. That's what likes to make out. I can't help it. He kisses me all the time. What does that mean? Because her island is right off of Israel. Oh, okay. And I don't know if they're over there blowing up our island as well. Oh, so, yes, we have a fun show today. We have Jeff Caperton coming on. Um, he's been on many times, but he's got a movie that he's the action stunt person for. It's coming out in theaters, I think, on Friday. We're going to the premiere Friday night. He has Just a, one second. Let me close the drape so that he won't bark when door. And he has another movie that's... Over here. Go, go, go. Come here, Astro. He has another movie that uh, just came out on Monday that he didn't even know came out. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Then um, we have really someone who's been a friend of mine since the... I don't know, maybe like the early early to mid-90s, and her name is Ozzy Aziz, and she used to be a really big actress and entertainer and performer and singer, billboard chart-topping uh, singer, and now she uh, has opened up a yoga studio for many years now, and she's got an island, and she does all kinds of wellness stuff, and she's the most fabulous person ever. Her name is Ozzy Aziz, and she was actually... The very first Jimmy Star Show guest ever in history. Like when the show started, she was the number one guest, the first guest that we had back in the day. So it was very fun and very cool. So what's and up, everybody? I was worried because I haven't heard from her in quite a while. And I know that her island. I don't think it's near Israel. It's, it's right near off Greece. of Israel. It's right off of where they're bombing. I thought it was in Greece. No. You could swim from her island, if you're a good swimmer, to Israel, to, to Cyprus. Cyprus, yeah, that's where it is in Cyprus. Yeah, she's on. No, she's, she's from Cyprus. She's on Cyprus. Cyprus is the island off of Israel. We'll ask her. Oh, you stink in geography. I don't. I know, but her island that she does her wellness stuff, that she's from Cyprus, but that's no, not I know her. that, but you brag about being 16 in your class when you graduated. Oh, well. And I got thrown out of school at 16. Oh, wow. Well. And sometimes I'm smarter than you are. So it just goes to show that. What they taught you in school doesn't go with you for the rest of your life. What goes with you, you only for the use rest the things of things that you use is knowledge. Okay, I know all. I'm a Gemini, so I know all knowledge. I know a little bit about everything. That makes me smarter than you. With your graduating sixth in the class. Oh well. That you ask me questions sometimes. I've never been good. I was a business major. I'm good at all the business stuff. <laughs> sometimes you ask me words like, "What does that mean?" or "Where is that?" I don't know where anything is. Literally, I, I don't mean, know where anything. I got is. kicked out of school. Actually, I really never got. Be. I say I got kicked out of school. I, I didn't, didn't really. I know. Really, <laughs> no, I didn't get kicked out of school. They asked me to leave. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like getting kicked out, though, right? Well, you know, I was a rebel at sixteen, and I always told the teachers what I thought, like I do now, and they didn't like it. You know, teachers back then were political, also, and. Coming from a, a, a socialistic background, I made up my mind that that's not for me. I'm not going to be a socialist because it's communism, and I don't care for the word, either word. But a lot of my teachers, like Mrs. Rosen, my art teacher, who was the reason why I got thrown out of school, was definitely a communist. She was definitely socialist for the poor, for unions, all that crap that they did back then for white people was okay when they did socialism for white people. But then when minorities started to become visible, they changed. 
So I had a, a what happened was um, my father was a great artist, of course, because of what he did. He was a set painter and designer for theater. And I can draw and paint. And she wanted all modernism and Cubanism, you know, just weird shit that I didn't understand. So I did a nice piece of work, and my father, unfortunately, saw it the night before I went to school, and my father went nuts. He said, this is not art. This is phonies. This is fake people who don't know how to paint. So they make all these lines up, and they put color in it. There's no such thing as this. <clears throat> so my father took it upon himself to tear it up. He ripped it up. And I said, now I have nothing to go to school with. He said, do something wonderful, do something like Michelangelo, you know, do a beautiful Roman statue or whatever the hell he said. So I did. And the next day in class, I submitted it and she failed me. And I said, why? It's a good piece of work. She said, yes, the work is good, but that's not what I asked for. So I told her, oh, go fuck yourself or something to the effect, not maybe that vulgar or terrible. I might have said, like, um, screw you or something. And she quickly, and I went to walk out of the classroom. <clears throat> and as I walked out of the classroom, she grabbed me, put her arms around from the back. She grabbed me and put her arms around me to drag me back in. And all I did was spin. And as I spun around, her legs went out like olive oil, because she was skinny, looked just like olive oil. And as I spun, centrifugal force pulled her body out further and further until she was horizontal and spinning. And I guess she couldn't hold on anymore and she let loose and she flew across the hallway and hit the wall. It's not my fault. I didn't spin her, she just was, you know, whatever. And they called me in the office and they said that I attacked the teacher. I never attacked her, she attacked me. But you know, it's like the old story goes, the higher up, the one that has the clout is the winner. So of course they stuck on her side that I grabbed her and spun her around. And to this date, I will insist I never grabbed her. I never spun her around. She was hanging from the back of my neck as I spun around to get her off me. Oh, that's a good way though to, to, to for them to try to like switch it up. But they switched it around because the school didn't want a lawsuit. Right. So they made, anyway, my father was called up and my father being a communist and a big mouth and a rebel and my mother worse than him, they told the school where to get off and how socialism's gonna take over the schools and they're gonna be out jobs. I mean, just it was a whole bunch of stupidity going on. And they suggested that your son leave the school. And I wanted to be an actor. So what do I need to know ge geometry or trigonometry, whatever that shit was. So I left school. I took trigonometry as an as an elective because I needed it to help me make good well, grades. Well, I, I went I went to Hollywood Beauty School and became a terrific hairstylist, then a, a hair color consultant, making a ton of money. <clears throat> when all my friends that were just getting out of high school, going to college, were broke, they were poor, and I had a convertible and I had my own apartment, so I was doing very well. Oh, they want to see your watch. Oh. Jimmy gave it to me for Christmas. It's a Versace. Uh, I forgot what it's. It's, it's the lion. Versi, yes. It's, it's Versi. The Versace's Versi versus lion. And it's the lion, and I love it. It's a beautiful watch, and it's citron yellow. And look how nice it goes with my shirt. 
I'm so sorry that I bored you with a little bit of my life. They all love your watch. That they changed the subject <laughs> and went on a watch from my boring life. Not the boring life. Let's talk about well, what's going on Well, it wasn't boring because my first movie was with Sophia Loren and Tamp Hunter. How many people can say that? The first time they were ever in a movie was with those two people. Be and George Sanders and Barbara Nichols. They were all the people that were in that film. So I left school from jerk-offs to go to Hollywood. They said they love your stories. All right, so here's what we're going to do, guys, next up. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's a new year. We want to keep going up in the charts, so please listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also hear us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to B. Claudia. She did something for me, which we can't tell what it is because it's a secret project at the moment, but it'll, everybody will find out soon. But I want to thank her very much. Well, She's incredibly you. talented. You're not allowed to talk about it on the air, so I can't talk about it. The one, the one about <laughs> no, no, don't mention a word. Just what, what Anyway, B, thank you so much for, for all you don't have done. Don't mention a she word. Spent, oh, my God. It's so big and so spent, important. She spent about 30 hours working with me this over the last couple of days to help me do something, and I appreciate it immensely. Wow. It's a secret. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's a mystery. Ooh. Well, we're not allowed so, to talk about it. The both of you are so important. You just found the cure for AIDS. No, but we're not allowed to talk about it. You know about it. I mean, I've told you about it for like days and how oh. excited I am. So it just, we can't talk about it yet. It's not public information. You know what? I sometimes scan back 10 years ago to this show. This is on YouTube. And I say, oh, my God, how much I have aged in 10 years. Because seeing myself every week, that's why I don't watch this show. But if I have to look at it for somebody that I'm that a guest and I need something that the guest said, I have to watch the show. And then I look at it and I say, Jesus, did I age? Holy shit. Well, it's been 10, 11 years. And people do age in 10 or 11 years. So I'm going to have a facelift or something. Whether you, anybody out there agrees, everybody says, oh, you don't need it. You don't need it. Then once you do it, they all say, oh, yes, good thing you did it. Good thing you did it. Um, I'm not going to get lifted to look young for you. I'm getting lifted to look healthy and young for me. Okay. So every, all my friends are saying, are you kidding? You look terrific. You're 83. You look 73. Like, wow, looking 73. Big deal. Tell me I look 33. I get excited. <laughs> yeah. What do I give a shit? I look 73 different. What's the difference? 73, 83, 93. You're a mess. So we're going to bring on our first guest. You ready? Who's the first guest? Jeff Caperton. Oh, good. I'm in love with him. Let's bring on our first guest, everybody. Jeff Caperton. Da-da-da. Hopefully he's there. Oh, he says he fell off. Okay, bring him back. He fell off. So... So you guys... Uh, he fell off because I said I love him. <laughs> no, he fell off before that. That's funny. No, but I just brought him off. on I and I fell love, off. I said, oh, I love him. And then he fell off. <laughs> yeah. Because the news of my love for him was so wonderful and happy and shocking. That's hilarious. Hey! See, I said I love you, and then you fell off. <laughs> Jeff, it's okay. We can take it slow, honey. <laughs> hey, guys. I got bumped off right before I knew you were going to come to me, and I got bumped off. 
You know how handsome. You know what he said? He said he because he said, "Oh, I love Jeff Caperton," and then you fell off. He's like, "Oh, he jumped. He jumped off because I said I love him." <laughs> I know. I said he got so excited with the news that he fainted and fell off. That's and then right. I said, "Let's take it slow and easy." <laughs> you are so handsome. No, you are so. I'm sorry, handsome. you're not feeling good, Ron. You really are handsome. I mean that. I think Thank girl, you. Thank ladies you. out there, what do you think? Do you think Jeff is handsome or he's ugly? <laughs> what do we have there? What do we have? Handsome or ugly? They say fun. What they say it? he's fun. They love the color of his shirt. They're not saying he's. They say he's so cool, but no handsome. <laughs> And how many are saying I'm pretty? I, I don't know that I have the self-esteem for a lot of negative comments. We might want to hold that back. <laughs> no, nobody's going to say anything negative. They're, they're very no, B says you are, so you're you're covered. All right. Take off your show. Me. So no, wait, hang on. Let me, do, let me do an actual uh, intro. Well, hi, everybody. Now we want to welcome. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actor, stuntman, producer, Jeff Caperton. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Yay. Hey, everybody. Yay. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. I always love it when y'all have me on. I know. It's fun. We where, always where did it. we leave off last time? He was on the Christmas show. So well, we had a lot of fun on the Christmas show. The Christmas show didn't count. Yeah, the Christmas show didn't count. <laughs> yeah. That was no yeah. interview. I don't know what we talked about last time. I don't remember. First of all, the Christmas show. Oh, we had Ambush had just come out. Ambush had just come out in the theaters with uh, Aaron Eckhart. Yes. And so we talked about that a little bit. So, yeah. And that's doing very well, by the way. It's His movie just come out with Aaron Eckhart. Uh, you want to get to the stuff right away? You don't want to chat a little bit? Yeah, we're going to chat. I'm trying to make sure we get the volume up all the way. Okay. Uh, okay. So, oh, no. So we're going to actually, you guys, everybody, we're going to actually see Jeff on Friday. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Big deal. Well, you're in love with him, so that way you can see <laughs> I'm in love with a lot of people. So when are you actually coming out to L.A.? You That's on Friday morning. I'm probably coming straight from the airport to the theater. So Okay. The weather's horrible here. It's raining and cold. Yeah. Would you believe that? Yeah. It's like New York. Yeah, it's been that way here. It's pretty today, but it's been that way here. So You're in Texas, right? Right. I'm at home in Houston. And how and what's the weather like in Houston? Right now it's beautiful and sunny. It's a little cool. I believe it's in the high fifties or low sixties, but it's it's nice outside. Oh yeah, that's about what we have too, except for that it's raining, which is terrible. Oh, and we want to give you right. a congratulations. So you guys, Jeff's third child, daughter, got engaged for Christmas, right? Yes, she did. My little baby Katie got engaged to her longtime boyfriend. And uh I haven't heard any details of what the plans are yet, but we'll find out soon. Okay, well, congratulations. So tell the truth. Do you like this jerk or what? <laughs> I actually do. He's a solid guy. I, and, uh, you know, she was living in Manhattan, and he got her to move back to Texas, so I'm all for him. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. Does he, does he have money? Uh, I think he's comfortable, at least. I think he, I think he does well. I have two daughters, and I taught them never marry poor. And they didn't, and they're all maids now. <laughs> they've never, they've never been married. They don't have husbands. They're two old maids, so they listen to daddy a little too much. And well, the one I've seen a picture of is nervous. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fifty years old, and my one daughter's fifty-four. <laughs> you didn't get it. Yeah, you get. It. Did you get that? 
He I said, got he, he, <laughs> that was terrible. That was just terrible. Fuck, I'm going to come over there and punch you all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> you don't laugh at my jokes, you hard on. Listen, we're getting some place. We're getting some place with my movie. Yes, I have a deck. I a deck soon. A deck's going to get done soon. I've got yeah. one lady interested in pitching. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll see mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. And and uh, yeah, I'm Jeff, looking forward to that one. Jeff was that one's going to be fun. I haven't done all the period stuff, so that one's going to be fun. Well, a nice part of my movie. I know it's going to be good, and I'm grateful always for you to take the uh, plunge because you believed in it or whatever. I don't give a shit what it was. Absolutely, it is a great script. It's funny. It's it's time that we yeah. laugh. And I'm I'm so ADD. I have a hard time even reading all the way through a script. I re read through that in one sitting, which is unusual for me. So it's got to be a good script. Well, it reads like a play. It runs fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Easy reading, and it's very fun. I find it's funny, and uh, most uh, Jewish people will love it. They will consider it a oh, best yeah. they've ever seen, and the non-Jews mm -hmm. will get it maybe maybe some of them will get the humor. I don't know. Yeah, they will. No, a lot of the stuff that's really Jewish. Or we're in trouble because the Jews no, it, don't it, make up it, a small it, percentage of the they, world. They do not. They do not. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fallacy. The Jews are right behind the Christians, not by much, not losing by much. Uh, Jewish people are all over the world. Unfortunately, they're being tortured by stupid-ass people. Let's just yeah. say, I'll go into that now. No, but I have to throw my little yeah. voice in because I brought out the essence yeah. of New York Jews in the 1940s. And my movie is warm and loving and kind. And it shows mm. you how nice Jewish people are. And I'm yeah. glad. But it's definitely about a Jewish mother. <laughs> She's no, definitely a Jewish mother. We, we, we I grew need, up in a very Jewish neighborhood, so all my friends had Jewish mothers, and all my friends, right, ninety percent of my friends were Jewish. So, I, I grew up in that environment. Jewish people don't even make up one percent of the population. Point two percent of the population. No communists wrote that. No, there's fifteen point two million Jewish people in the world out of eight billion people. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, there was a time when everybody was a Jew, like you. Yeah. A whole world. I like, love it. Hollywood. See, we're used to it because we work in ninety percent of those are in Florida. So you know. yeah, <laughs> he said ninety percent of those are in Florida. It's true. Yeah, in Boca, in Boca, in Polo. Boca, we just, yeah. just, Hannity just moved to Florida. He's he's broadcasting out of his house. We watched it last night. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't blame him. The taxes he was paying on on Long Island. I don't blame him. Yes. Who's on Long Island? No, uh, Hannity moved from Long Island to, to Florida. Because he's been threatened. His life has been threatened really seriously, and his family. Mm -hmm. so he got crazy yeah. and he moved to Florida. I don't know how Florida is going to be any safer than Long Island. Long Island, you got the mafia, so that's pretty safe. Although the mafia goes to Florida in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do. So let's talk. I follow the mafia. There's the people follow what? I yeah, he likes to follow the mob. I follow the mob. I think it's hilarious. We even watched a mob movie the other night on Tubi or one of those. So Yeah, which I don't understand because mm -hmm. I was around in those days, and they wrote this all about Joe Gallo, Joey Gallo. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever remember any of that happening to Joey Gallo, what they put in the movie. I thought maybe it's me. So I have to call some of my friends in New York and ask them, did Joey Gallo really do this, this, and this, and this? 
I don't ever mm. remember that. So he anyway, made him out to be a wicked guy. Isn't he the one that had to make the deal with Coppola and them to do the to do the Godfather? I don't know. Yeah, Joe Colombo. Jimmy yeah. Gallo was crazy. A friend of mine, or actually a guy I used to go out with, he and his mother went to Arizona and they bought hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousands of dollars in uh, Indian jewelry, mm. necklaces, bracelets, rings, and they brought it back to New York. And Joey Gallo said to them, oh, great. Now, I can push it for you and get it in all the beauty, the, the, the uh, jewelry stores. Let's go to dinner. And Joey Gallo took them to dinner. Well, when they came out, the car was gone with all the jewelry in it. So when my friend, right. told, me, when my friend told me this story, I went hysterical. I said, stupid. <laughs> okay. That's about the extent that I, and also Joey Gallo's wife worked in a grocery store packing meat. So I don't know. They made it all out different. Hollywood does that. Mm -hmm. This movie was old mm -hmm. too. Yeah, uh, and I resent the 70s. fact that they showed Rock Hudson uh, oh, coming coming out coming out as being gay at an Oscar event with his lover who was black. None of that was true. Rock did not have a black lover, mm -hmm. and Rock never came out. Did you see that Hollywood thing? Yeah, on never, Netflix years yeah, ago? yeah, he never came out. I was. Uh, I haven't seen it, um, but when I first moved to L.A., I worked for ABC News back in 1985, and uh, one of the very first stories I covered was him returning, when he returned on that plane right before he passed away, uh, I think he'd been over in France or someplace at, at some kind of a clinic, and he returned home, and then we covered when he passed away, we were, I was at his house, you know, doing the uh, story coverage for that, so we, we followed the Hudson thing pretty big, and if, if it was my understanding he had never come out publicly. He never came out. Never, never, never. Rock Hudson was. Oh, in this Netflix. I was. Thing, I, I was. Uh, I, I worked with Rock, and a little part, and I played a. a what did I play? A fisherman, down in the yacht where he and uh, the Jill, whatever her name was, McMillan and wife had a boat. And oh, it, McMillan and wife. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a line that obviously he was not comfortable with, and he said to the script mm -hmm. girl. Uh, can we make it a little more masculine? Because the line made him sound too feminine. Rock Hudson was mm. so protective of his masculine image. There's no mm. way he would ever go to the Oscars and announce at the Oscars he's gay. Right. I knew George yeah, a lot Nader. Of people to history. Yeah, I hate that though when they I mean, like George, that. George Nader was his best friend. <clears throat> and even George was very uh he didn't want to come out either. You know, George Nader, the actor, was gay also. I, I was sort of with him for a while. And um, he also, if we go anywhere, no, you can't hold me. I, what the fuck I want to hold you for? Yeah. Well, anyway. You had to be very protective of who you were back then. Actually, the real quick, Jeff, say hi to everybody in the chat room because I forgot to have you do that. Hey, everybody in the chat room. There you go. So, so you guys, before we talk about your the there. Before we uh, talk about your uh, the movie that we're going to go see you with on Friday, uh, I saw you put on Facebook that you had another movie that came out on Monday called The Mummy Murders, and you didn't know it came out, but it's on Apple TV, right. Play, right. Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon, and Vudu. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Right. Mummy Murders, I did. Just a friend of mine wrote it. Uh, actually, he actually was on my crew of the last movie I produced also. But uh, we did this before that. Just asked me to come out and do a small part in this little horror genre movie, The Mummy Murders. And so I came out and I played the character in the movie, the main character that has three basically, has three actors. He's got a, an adult, a teenager, and a child actor playing his part. And I play the dad in the scenes with the child actor. I play his father. And uh, it is a creepy, creepy <laughs> But surprisingly well done, and I don't say surprisingly because I don't trust the filmmakers. I just I know what they spent on the movie, and for what they spent on the movie, it's a good movie. I just watched it yesterday for the first time. It's a good movie and uh, creepy, 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 <laughs> very creepy. Um, so if you're into that, and I know you are, uh, it's, it's actually is a pretty it good. Movie. Is it creepy? Movie. Is it creepy? No, it's not gory. It's got a little, it's got a little icky stuff in it. I wouldn't really call it gory. Um, now roadkill on the other hand, <laughs> uh, you, you're going to see some, some blood and guts in, in roadkill, but, uh, yeah, mummy murders though, turned out good. It's available where you every, pretty much on all your streaming services, just do a search and do, I just told the TV to find it and it found it. Uh, so that came out January 1st, uh, kind of surprised me cause they were talking about doing an event in January and then I never heard anything else. So glad that one's out. And then of course we've got roadkill coming out theaters nationwide Friday. The Mummy movie. No, no. Roadkill. Roadkill. No. That's what we're going yeah, to yeah. Hang on. I yeah, Mummy's on now. We're going to I want to say something about Mummy movies. I happen to yeah. love them. No, but it's not enough. It's just called mm. The Mummy Murders, but it's not actually about a mummy, is it? Yeah, it's basically about a guy a funeral parlor uh, who prepares the bodies and stuff, but then he's also turns out to be a serial killer and I'm not. I'm not spoiling anything. That's explained from the very yeah, beginning. I don't say too much, but mummy movies to me are the best. But never was a box office movie to go to. It was Dracula, Wolfman. Those people, you mm -hmm. know, bypassed the mummy. Uh, I remember the early 1940 uh, movies of the mummy. They were terrifying when he walked. Mm -hmm. Oh, but this isn't really a mummy like that. Oh, I wish it is because I, I, I would <laughs> yeah. love. No, I would love to do a real good mummy movie. We should add a mummy, a mummy movie to the slate. So mummy, yeah, we could do that. Mummies are very frightening. They yeah. are. Think about them. They're dead people. Especially if you make them more like they actually look when you see them in the archaeological presentations. When you see what they really look like with the with the decayed face and you know kind of frozen in like a screen position they actually are really creepy looking and if you did one that was more like that it would be really scary i gave jimmy a mummy a full-size mummy for uh mm -hmm. your birthday right yes oh uh, yeah my birthday last and, year not and when you year. walk by it they have electronic eyes the eyes open okay <laughs> it's a television screens wow. the eyes you know what i mean yeah and they look at you and they follow yeah. you and the fucking thing is scary as all hell. I, I had it in the foyer, and people that came to our house started screaming. Oh, oh my God, what is that thing? I said, it's a fucking actually, actually, B. Claudia just sent me an article on Yahoo Entertainment about the mummy, uh, the mummy murder. So I'll have to watch Whatever, it. I sure. want to see the mummy. How can I see yeah. it? Sure. Yeah, send that to me too, B. Claudia, because <laughs> I want to see it. I'll send it to you later. What did you say? Uh, it's on Send Apple, it to me. Google Play, she Amazon. Knows how to reach me. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we're Google Play, Amazon, Apple, all those. And uh we're not just doing well, we'll see. It's a perfect movie for tonight. Tonight it's wet, cold, and dank and right. spooky. 
So it's a great night to see the Mummy movie. So you guys, Friday, we're going to L.A. We're going to see the new movie that Jeff... So tell us what... It's the name of the movie, you guys, is called Roadkill Driven by Revenge. Tell us what do you do in the movie. You're like the stunt driver, right? There we go. There's the poster for I'm, it. I'm one of the stunt drivers. Um, yeah, my buddy is the stunt coordinator, Mark Anthony Baca. He's uh, our whole team at Extreme Force Hollywood Stunts. Uh, went out to, to, to Florida and spent a couple of months uh, doing this. And I got to drive the car and I drive the police car and he, Mark drives the Nova through most of the movie. I got to drive the Nova a little bit, but um, it was such a, it's a very uh, unique custom car. So we had to be very, very careful with it. So I didn't really want to drive it very much because I was afraid I would screw something up on it. Um, but we had a couple of scenes that we had to shoot in the car chase scenes where I have to look like I'm hitting it, banging into it and stuff, but we couldn't actually do that. So we had to come really close and use some kind of visual tricks to make it look like I was hitting the car. Uh, although I wasn't, of course, it was all being shot at night. And we had one of the passes where it looked so real that we had hit each other that the director and the owner of the car, who was also in the video village, kind of watching the shoot. Um, both started screaming, cut, cut, cut. And they made us come back to base camp to look at the car to make sure we hadn't damaged it. And I'm like, I promise we didn't touch it. Just We just we had our movements just so that it, it looked like we were bouncing off of each other, but we, we weren't really. And, uh, but it was, we had a friend of ours. It, we, had a, we have a friend of ours who came to our house with footage of stunt mm -hmm. work that they were doing in the movie. And not one car mm. really hit the other. It wasn't, remember? Yes. It was mm. amazing. They rolled over each other. They blew up. They flew into pieces. It was so right. realistic. That was all CGI shit, though. All CGI. Did. All CGI. Did you yeah. do that? Yeah, this was all we did. I'm sure there's some CGI used in the final movie, but when we were filming it, we were trying to make it look as realistic as possible in, in reality, you know, in the analog world. And it, it turned out, it turned now, out, when I saw it, it turned out good. What have you got to do with the movie other than driving? Are you producing? That's it. I was just a stunt driver in it. But the uh, the writer of the movie, Warren Fast, uh, and his wife, Stacy Fast, who produced the movie, uh, they're, they they become friends. And I'm really excited about the movie because it is a really, really good movie. And it's got a screen queen friend of yours, Danielle Harris, is in it. Yeah, Danielle Harris. And, uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And a really great talent named Carmichael is in it. Which she's beautiful, so, Kaylin Carmichael. Really, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know who she was. Oh, I looked right before you came on, Kaylin Carmichael. I didn't really know who oh, she yeah. was, but she's she's definitely yeah. way up and coming. Um, she's absolutely beautiful, and she's been an actress since she was little bitty. She had a part on uh, Hot in Cleveland when she was just really really small, and uh, she's just she's a cutie pie and a sweetie pie, and she was wonderful to work with. We had to work with her a lot because she does a lot of fighting, and you know killing in the movie and so uh mark and and myself and victor and some of the other stunt guys worked with her quite a bit on her fighting and kicking and falling down and things like that and she was a great sport because she got she got you know tossed around pretty good and <laughs> and she was terrific so yeah so she's an upcomer she's someone to watch i just want to ask you a question okay how many years are you in the business on and off since 1984 that's an Emmy back there. How many years? Well, what's your Emmy? What, what? Your Emmy's for being a broadcaster. Oh, was for news. I, my first job at net, network television was for ABC News in Los Angeles. I moved to LA for the job when I was 19 years old, and um, I got an Emmy for a, a story I produced way back then. That's awesome. 
So wait, you guys. Yeah. So it's anybody still right there on the desk? Because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. I love that it's always there. That was my next question, but Big Mouth beat me yeah. to it. Me and Michelle Kanan. Yeah, keep that Emmy right there behind us. So <laughs> said him and Michelle Kanan, they both keep their Emmys right behind them. <laughs> I like keep love it. Of course, she won yours a lot more recently. That the great you know, uh, uh, Paul is one of my dearest friends in the world. You know that. Yeah. Did you know. Yeah, Dawn and Michelle. That's how we met her. We I introduced her to him because oh, she's working yeah. on yeah. your movie. She's working on his movie, so it's on our movie. I, I love the both of them very much. They're like my kids. Mm -hmm. So hang yeah, on, go her, ahead. Uh, her, her, go ahead. Her series, Studio City, is really really good. So yes. So going back to Roadkill for anybody, uh, if you don't know who Caitlin Carmichael is, I think you're gonna. This movie's gonna help you know help make more people be aware of her. Again, wait, is that a boy or a girl? It's a girl. It's a girl that you saw in the poster just a minute ago. Oh. And then you guys, Danielle yeah, Harris. Is, everybody, everybody knows Danielle Harris. She's the biggest scream queen that there is. She was mm -hmm. also in Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Bet, Dead, Halloween 4, The Last mm -hmm. Boy Scout, Hatchet 3, Chrome Skull, Laid to Rest 2, Urban Legend. She's just she's like an icon in the horror world. And um, and I have the trailer. I have the trailer, and I want to play the trailer so everybody can see it. And uh, so uh, hopefully we're okay with it. Um, so you introduce it, and then Juan, play the trailer for uh, Roadkill after after Jeff introduces it, and then we'll be back. Okay, guys, here is the trailer for the movie Roadkill in theaters nationwide this Friday, starring Caitlin Carmichael, Ryan Knutson, Danielle Harris, written by Warren Fast and directed by Warren Fast, and produced by his wife, Stacey Fast. Here it is. The bodies of an unidentified man and woman were found today. The community wonders as the highway hunter returns. You know how far to Abbeville? You're not a maniac or anything, are you? Most of the other victims were drifters or homeless, but other than that, the ammo looks safe. Lester and that girl that works for him, they're both gone. You're crazy, that's it, are you? You're just passing through? Whatever it was, was in a great big hurry. Not too friendly around here. see movies where the girl is the badass crazy one. I know. And I forgot to mention the biggest star in the whole movie, the Nova Lee, which is the Red Nova. The car actually has a name. <laughs> the Nova Lee, which is the Red Nova in the movie. It is a spectacular car and it's uh it it tours all over the country on different on different car shows and different things. So the Nova Lee is probably the biggest star in the movie once you see and you'll see why when the movie gets going. But uh I was, love that thing. It was a lot of fun. 
she says at the beginning, I hope you're not you're not a crazy, crazy or whatever. You're what are crazy. you? And then she's the one who's fucking nuts. I love it. I think it's awesome. It looks like a fun movie and up and fast moving. I like we'll watch it tonight. No, no we're, we're going to the premiere Friday. Friday. Yeah. Tonight we're gonna watch we're the premiere Friday. <clears throat> and if the yeah. mummies it was great because it was funny when they about three days into filming, the producers had rented because this movie happens back in the eighties. And the producers had rented an a, a, a era police car, you know, like a 79, I think it was a 79 Nova police car. And about two or three days into filming, the car actually caught on fire and was completely destroyed by fire. Oh, wow. And, For real? And we were, we were just arriving in town at the time. And literally, we had to go find a 1980s car and build a police car, which you see, you saw the white police car in the, in the trailer. We my stunt uh, coordinator or the stunt coordinator, Mark Beck, uh, uh, Mark Anthony Becca, who I work for, he found this, you know, Ford, you know, Ford Crown Vic or whatever it is, went and bought it, flew to Atlanta, bought it, drove it down to Florida. And we had 24 hours to build that, convert it into a police car. We had to find a vintage light bar and all these things and get it running and, and do all this. And you see it's, we 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 wrote it pretty hard in the in the movie, so it uh, we had to make sure that everything was working pretty good. In 24 hours, we converted and built that police car, and uh, I'm kind of proud of that because we did a pretty good job. Did you ever find out why the other one went on fire? I'm not sure. I mean, you know, it's an older car. It was beautifully. It was a beautiful car. It was a, really sad to see it burn, but um, I guess maybe who knows? Just a fuel leak or something. I don't know what caused it. It just caught on fire, and before they knew what was going on, it was just completely it's burning. It's really hard for a car so, to go on fire. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I think. It's, well, where in Florida did you shoot? Around uh, Panama City Beach and all around in that area, probably within within 60, 80 miles of Panama City. Oh, see, I've never been to Panama City. Have you? That's so I, I mean, I lived in Florida for 50 years because we, we were in South Whenever Florida. I drove from Florida to Hollywood, I went on 10. Mm -hmm. And if you go off right. of 10, there's Panama City right there. Yeah, it's, it's a south big, by 10. big beach. It's a very big beach. And it became famous, <clears throat> or no, <clears throat> excuse me, when O.J. Simpson, after he got off that murder case, decided he was mm -hmm. going to live there, and they threw him out. <laughs> No, they wouldn't let him live because he really did kill her. Yeah. And everybody yeah. knows he killed her. And Panama Beach just didn't want him there because of the bad publicity. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be the little sleepy town it is. Right, it's, right. It's, really you know, it's funny because it's, yeah, all these huge high-rise hotels, just miles of them going down the beach, these yeah. huge 20, 30-story hotels. But we were there filming in the off-season in the winter. The town was deserted. You couldn't even get dinner after like seven or eight o'clock at night because all the restaurants were closed and all the bars were closed. And, you know, we'd work 14, 15 hours and then we'd want to go get a drink somewhere and no place would be open. You know, it was really something to be in a town with all these big buildings and there's no place to even get a drink. Are they still working 15 hour days, Jeff? Uh, depends on what, what project you are. On this movie, we were working some pretty long days, but... Because that too was we were having to rig the stunts and then go out and perform them. So there's building when we're not shooting, we're, we're rigging things. And then when we shoot, we have to go out. So we were working long days on that one. I thought it was against the union. Well, see, he's not the actor, though. He's the stunt person. Well, the stunt guys, the rigging, the building, the rigging of the, of the stuff is separate from the on-screen work. So, and we were having to do both. And because having to build that car, you know. 
when you drove, you were not working under SEG. Uh, we're driving. Uh, stunt driving actually does does fall under SAG. Yes, it does fall. The driving under, does, but not setting it up. Because, yeah, because I hope they don't do fifteen hour days anymore. Because I don't think I can do fifteen hour days. <laughs> no, no. The main reason our days were so long was just because we were having to build that car at the last minute and do a lot of things that we weren't expecting to do. And uh, uh, one of the one of the nights we were filming a chase scene where it was it was a lot of starting and stopping, and um, when we they yelled cut and I drove back up to the video village and I went to put my foot on the brake, the brake went all the way to the floor. The master cylinder had gone out and had absolutely no brakes. And I just rolled right past the the tent where I was supposed to be going and had to just let the car stop because the brakes failed. So that meant we were up all night long doing a brake job on this on this on this thing. So okay, it was so that's one thing after another. But it was it was fun. It was all worth it. That that doesn't fall under shooting time. I'm talking about actors. No. He's worried about him as an actor. He no, 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 no. I want to know what I want to know what's going on. Well, you can also dictate that too. I mean, if you don't want to work more than an eight-hour day, you can say I don't want to work more than an eight-hour day. No, but if you, you do, they've got to pay you. Well, you got to work twelve. You have to work according to the budget. Right. I mean, you can't be a prima donna. Yeah. I only work five hours. No. Yeah, I've I've done some marathon movies, and I I I don't like those anymore. When I write a schedule, I make sure there's plenty of time off in there for everybody. And if I know there's going to be a couple of long days, I make sure it's right before a couple of days off. But um, really, the only time that the only time that that you see the long days like that is if we only have a location for a certain amount of time. Right. You know, we might try to have to try yeah. to cram a lot in. You know, if we only have it for two days, we got to get everything done there in two days. So. That that'll sometimes dictate a longer day, but when if I have control of the schedule and control of my sets and locations, I'm not going to make everybody work more than more than ten to twelve at the most. Well, I'm happy because the next movie that Jimmy's producing and I'm in, uh, we have major stars, and major stars mm -hmm. do not work more than ten hour days, so they'll shut not always. Right. He did a big movie with cool. major stars. Did it, did you guys when you did Ambush? Did you use bigger? How how long were your work days in that? Well, um, they, they were manual. I wasn't on set for most of it because a lot of it was shot down in, in uh, Columbia. But uh, the days that I were there, I think we did 10-hour days. Okay, 10-hour days. It wasn't terrible. You know, a big star will work. Too. I wasn't doing stunts or anything either. So, you know, again, when the stunt guys, we had explosions and everything else in that movie. So those guys were rigging, setting up day and night. But No, but most of them I know will only work 10 hours. Years ago... Yeah. He would work 14, 18, sometimes 24 hours. I've heard stories of movies in mm -hmm. Hollywood where they were shooting two different movies at the same time. Imagine, mm -hmm. yeah, Betty Davis worked two movies in the same time. Yeah. She would go to yeah. work in one movie and then from there go to the other movie. How she didn't drop that yeah. on that. So how yeah. so how do you like because you do you do a lot of acting and you do a lot of stunt work. Do you like one better than the other? And um, and how did you get decide you wanted to start doing stunts? Well, I haven't done a lot of acting lately. I've been focusing mostly on producing and stunt work. I've just kind of decided that's my niche. It's what I like. And um, uh, a, a lot of it's because e even in Money, uh, Mummy Murders, I was watching it yesterday. And, you know, you know, a lot of times you do multiple scenes and then you watch the movie and maybe two of your three of your scenes got in the movie and one or two of them didn't get in the movie. Um, or in my case, all three of my lines got cut out in Daddy's home, but I'm not bitter about that. 
But I was watching it yesterday and I noticed one of the scenes that I had shot wasn't in the movie. And you always wonder, did that scene not make the movie just because it didn't work with the final cut or because they didn't like my performance in that scene? You know, so I was, I was so wrapped up and worried about that all the time. And I don't like watching myself. And uh, I just either. I'll do a part now if somebody asks me to. But I haven't really been focusing. I haven't been doing a lot of training uh, uh, on it just because I'm really focusing on on on, on uh, uh, producing. I like being the guy that makes the trains run on time. And um, I just like that end of it. I do too. When I go to work, yeah. the world disappears. I'm, I don't know what it is. I call it a coma. I go into a coma. Mm -hmm. I do. I have no idea where mm -hmm. I am, who's around me, or what's going on. All I know, mm -hmm. no, I'm serious. I'm not lying. Well, no. I become, I, I'm like a schizophrenic. I become what I'm supposed to be. I mean, I don't even mm -hmm. know the camera there. I forget there's a camera. Could you believe that? And mm. so many actors say, oh, Ron, I envy you because I'm so camera conscious. No, <clears throat> you'll never be a good actor if you're camera conscious. Right. How about you? Do you know that you go into a coma? Do you know there's a camera there when you work? I'm not necessarily going to a coma, but once I start, generally I've, I, you know, I've, generally I've already worked out the scene out, out with the other actor. And if we're doing wide stuff, I'm not, I'm pretty I just do it the way we did it because it's already been blocked. So they've got their angles and shots. When I get camera conscious is when they punch in for the close-ups, when they come in to do the, you know, those, because then the camera's right in your face, you know? So when we do those, that's when I notice, because we'll do all the wide, you know, just that, all the wide shots from every right. direction, but then they punch into those close-ups and that camera right, right there, you know, it's hard not to notice. Well, I, I've had, I've had camera people come over and say, well, we're going to do this shot and that shot. And I look at them and I say, I don't give a shit what you do. Don't tell me that. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not a cameraman. I'm an actor. Well, we were watching, so we had Chad Michael Collins on our show a long time ago, and he made all these sniper movies, and they're all on Netflix, and they're all like, there's five of them in the top ten films on Netflix, and we were watching one of them the other mm -hmm. night. And there's a point in there when the cameraman is like so close on the face that you can see like the blackheads and stuff in the guy's face, and Mom was yeah. like, I would have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> no, 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 I have to tell you something. Yeah. Cameramen are, are pretty decent when you're old. I mean, I don't ever have, mm. I, mean, I don't, and any of the shit movies I've been, I've never seen a really bad close. Right. They're polite. They know you're old and you're wrinkled. Yeah. They're not going to make you look bad. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're yeah. supposed to look bad. Yeah. What's the definition they have these days? Huh? It's hard. I'm sorry. Now go ahead. Say what you say. What oh, you I was going to say with the definition they have these days, the high def stuff. You know, a, a close up. But like you said, you can see every pore in the skin. So we have to soften the focus just a little bit. <laughs> have you seen any of the sniper movies? I may have. It sounds familiar, but I don't recall exactly. We added them all on Netflix like a, like a week ago, so there is a bunch of them on there. Well, if well, they check them out because I've run out of things to watch. So if they really want to do a close up, close up of me, I say fine. I just put a blanket over the camera and say go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so what about? Um, so what are some of the movies that you think have awesome special effects that you've seen? Because you probably pay way more attention to it than the normal person. The movie he just did was Seeing Friday. I know. I know, but I, I want to know if yeah, you like I haven't seen the special effects yet. I've not seen the final cut of this one yet, so we'll all find that out together. But um, 
Uh, anything, something that really stands out to me? Um, I'm really not sure because there's a lot of things that were done. I know I did a movie for Hulu a few years ago called 112263 with uh, James Franco. And we shot the, it's about the Kennedy assassination. And we shot the Kennedy assassination scene in Dallas in Dealey Plaza. And so, of course, they did a lot of things to make Dealey Plaza look as it did in 1962. Um, but there were certain things, you know, you know, building signage and things like that, that you couldn't do and freeway signage. And when they came back later, because we did a lot of stuff right in front of the Texas School Book Depository building, you know, all that signage, you know, was all CGI that was added later. And I just thought it looked, I thought that looked really, really terrific. But of course, with their budget, they could, they could do that. But was that a movie or a TV um, series? Was that a movie or a TV? It was, was a Hulu movie. series. Yeah, yeah it was an eight episode Hulu that. series based we on the Stephen that. King book, 112263. I yeah, played uh, uh, Ron Kellerman, who's the Secret Service agent in the front seat of the Kennedy limousine. So the assassination scene was a, a, a fun day of shooting for me because we just did that scene over and over and over and over. We just kept making the circle. <laughs> so. Now, was that as an actor or as a stunt person? Both. I was hired as an actor stunt person because they wanted stunt people in the cars because as the shots rang out, I have to climb over Governor Conley and all that to try and get to the president. And of course, we had other stunt guys jumping off the follow car and running and jumping on the back of the Kennedy limousine and things like that. So... So the was, I was hired as a as a stunt man, but it was also kind of being like a featured, uh, you know, featured in the deal because and, and I, it's a really cool scene. It's at the very beginning of the last episode. I think it's episode eight is that scene, and it's it was really something. And like I said, we had to do that over and over again. And you know, watching those old like the Zapruder film and watching the old accounts of that, you know, every November they start playing all that on History Channel and everything. Um, having actually sat in the front seat of that actual car and actually driven down Elm and, and turned on to, on to Houston, or I think it's vice versa, down Houston and turned on to Elm, you know, with the, the school book depository right there. And they, they had 300 extras in the street, all dressed in period clothing, you know, waving at the president and everything. And it, it was a very surreal thing to do. And it was kind of funny because we had run through it a couple of times without the gunshots. And we had a walkie-talkie in the car, and they came on the walkie-talkie and said, okay, this time we're going to say bang on the radio, and that's we want you to react as if there was the gunshot, you know. And uh, when we made the corner and we hit the spot in the road where it happens, they didn't say bang on the radio. They fired a cannon. I mean, like <laughs> one of those cannons like in a military salute. Boom! It was everybody, the extras, us, everybody jumped like two feet off the ground. So they and got so it realistic, though. Then it was realistic. And yeah, I'm sure in some of the clips that they used were from that take, because there's a scene where you see all the bystanders that literally they jump, and then a lot of them hit the ground because we were not expecting that loud noise. I like love it. So so instead of asking you what movie, an actor you'd like to work with and what movies you would have liked to be in, what, what's a cool movie that you would love to be a stunt person in? Because there's so many great stunt movies oh, with stunts. Um, what's a movie are. that you I would love to do? I would have loved to have been in Hooper with Burt Reynolds. I, I love that oh, movie. Yeah. I would have loved oh, to do more stunts in that one. You know, the, the fight scenes with Terry Bradshaw and all that stuff, that would have been fun. Uh, really anything. Good friend of mine was it was a stuntman. He did motorcycle work in the new Mission Impossible that just came out this last year. And uh, of course, he had a he had a hoot in that. So he he did a lot of stunt work for for that. I would love to do a big 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 movie like that and be out there, you know, 
chasing Tom Cruise on a motorcycle or something. So but, hang on. Uh, I want to come back to that. I was friends with Bert. I was good friends with Bert Reynolds. For a long I know time. you both were, yeah. And I asked Bert one time uh, at lunch, I said, did you really truthfully ever really break anything important? He said, well, I never broke my dick. He said, but I broke <laughs> That I probably he, broke. He, I probably broke everything else. So, yeah, but every bone in his body, I think. He did in his old years before he died. A lot of his pain was from his injuries from prior to the work. It's a very dangerous job, yeah. stuff. People don't think it's fun. It's yeah. very. No, I haven't. I've, I've been. I've only been hurt once. Knock on wood. But you know, and it was doing. It was doing one of the simplest things I've ever done, and it actually wasn't part of the stunt. The stunt started to go wrong, and the actress was going to get hurt, and I moved in so the actress wouldn't get hurt, and uh, I kept her from falling. And when I did, I threw my shoulder out and ended up in two years of physical rehab getting my shoulder redone. But fortunately, that was for Marvel Studios, and they they took care of all the rehab, and they they took very good care of me after I got hurt. It was funny, though, because we had shot the whole thing, and it was this big, elaborate scene. But the director, we were actually inside this like big glass. It was almost like an aquarium, this glass room. And we're inside and they're filming from outside. So the director and everybody are outside and we have to lift the actress up in a chair. And I'm holding one side of the chair and another guy's holding the other side of the chair. And it's Louisiana. So it's humid and it's dark. It's middle of the night. and It's humid. Everything's wet, you know. And as we had to really reassure this, this actress uh, that she was not going to get hurt. She really didn't want to do the scene. And I, 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 I even went and personally promised her, I said, I will not let you fall. You're only going to be three feet off the ground, but I will not let you fall. And so she agreed to do it. So I'm holding one side of the chair. He's holding the other. And they're, they're doing basically waterboarding this girl. First, once with water, once with oil, and then the last time with blood. This is a really weird movie. but <laughs> So there's stuff getting everywhere. There's water and oil and blood and stuff everywhere. And the other stuntman, I could see him starting to go. He started to slip because the floor was wet and everything. And he started to slip. And we were going over that way. And we were going to we were gonna drop the actress. And all I could think of was I promised this actress we would not drop her. So I reached around. I let go of one of the legs, reached around under the chair, and kind of torqued my body to shove up on the bottom of the chair to hold it up until the other stunt guys could run out and help this other guy and grab him and keep the thing from falling. When I did, when I did that, my shoulder went pop. I mean, loud. <laughs> and the director who was outside of this aquarium, he heard it from outside the aquarium. And once we got every, we got her put down safe and everything was done. And I kind of walked over to the glass wall and leaned against the glass wall and just kind of slid down. And I was just kind of sitting there like this. And of course, everybody comes running in. They run to the actress. Are you okay? Are you all right? Are you? The actress is the director. The director came into the thing and came straight to me to see if I was okay. Nobody else did, but the director did. And he said, I heard the pop from outside. Wow. <laughs> you know? wow. And, and they sent me to the hospital and I got it checked out. I didn't rip anything, but I'm sure messed it up because it was two years of physical therapy to get it. And it still hurts sometimes. So, but nowadays, uh, stunt people fall under a different category than years ago. Today, you are told if it's safe, if it's not, the insurance companies, you know, everybody gets involved. Oh, yeah. But way back in the early 40s and 50s, the director said, 
jump into the fire. And you jumped right. into you the fire. It. And if you died, oh, we didn't know he was going to die, you know. So, <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no, really. That, how many stunt people have we had on yeah. our show? We've had a ton of stunt guys on our show, right? Yeah, yeah. Actors, women also who were stunters. And they said yeah. that a lot of times they came close to really like killing themselves with stupid yeah. stunts they have to do. But you do get yeah. paid a lot of money for a stunt. If it the more dangerous the stunt, the more you ask for. Is yeah, that right? Probably not as much as you think, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> not as much as but, you think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of our work is planning and rigging the stunt. Doing the stunt takes 10 seconds, you know. It's all the planning and rigging and trying to think of any possible thing that could possibly go wrong and having a plan for that and uh, making sure that we, you know, you know, minimize the risk as much as possible. You can't always take all the risk away, but you can minimize it 99%. And so that's that's where all the planning and preparation and, and safety procedures all come into it. So, and you see what happens when it goes wrong, you know, guys like Alec Baldwin and things like Rusk and that, you know, when, when safety procedures aren't followed, things like that happen. Absolutely. Well, we, are, we, we actors also have protectors now on the set. I was supposed to do yeah. it. I guess it was a stunt. And I was supposed to be picked up by a giant rat thrown against the wall, <laughs> took my leg off, and then I'd have to try to get up and then whatever, whatever. And suddenly somebody came running on the set saying, Ron, exactly how old are you? And I was 80 at the time. And he said, no good, off, stunt. They wouldn't let me do it. They actually changed yeah. the whole script and just made somebody come out of the basement with a with a his, because, his wrist or something. Yeah, my wristwatch. You see my arm, yeah. my wristwatch, because there was no right. way the production company was going to have me do that stunt. And we didn't have a stuntman mm -hmm. there to do it. And we mm -hmm. had a show. So they rewrote it. Yeah. I like that. I like the idea that you're like, you like, well, producing, because that's what I do. So I like that too. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're yeah. kind of like doing the producing and the stunt stuff, because I think there's, I yeah. think, unless you're a superstar, I think, first of all, financially, I think it's a better, mm -hmm. it's a better deal. You know, if, if I mean, it's different if you're like mm -hmm. Angela Jolie or Brad Pitt, you get paid a lot of money, but yeah. on the, you know, the right. lower budget movies that we, not gonna be, you, know, <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. And, and, and it's fun, you know, in, in, in Roadkill, in, in a couple of the scenes, I'm, I'm driving the car that Caitlin is supposed to be driving. So I've got a wig on and a pink shirt. I look, <laughs> I look very pretty. Uh, <laughs> for Caitlin, you know, driving this car. And I don't know how girls do it because I constantly had hair in my mouth and I'm constantly, constantly, it was really hot at night. It was in Florida at night and I was pulling the hair out of my face and oh, the, that long hair was awful. I don't know how they do it. It's true. I did drag for a show and I said to everybody in the show, you women, I give my my hat, take my hat off to you. How you could stand in high heels with these friggin' brassiers that are so tight and the makeup, the lipstick was greasy. It was, it's horrible. And when you stop and think, and I used to say, I think all men should dress as women for a day. This way they'd appreciate what women do for us to look beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean that. I think so too. It's Absolutely. A I don't know if you can see this. That's me dressed as Caitlin on the set of the movies. <laughs> I, I love it. I'd I, I fuck you. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
That's funny. I can't wait to see the movie now. I hope we get a shot. Can we get a shot of it, Jeff? No, we don't get to see you, right? They don't actually show you. We don't you. get a shot of it at all? Oh, that? No, not in the movie. No. I mean, you, you'll... In the scenes, it's just so that if you happen to get part of me, I've got the right color shirt and I've got long hair. So, you know, you're not going to be able to tell it's me. <laughs> but what about the hilarious. beard? What about the beard? <laughs> just, I just kept it covered up. <laughs> the, the hair was down in my face because to get in the car, I'm, I'm six foot two. So to get in the car, I really had to bend over and all the hair would fall down here. And then I'd get in the car. And the only way I could get out of my face was I put it all down and then swoosh it back like that. And then I still had the whole time I'm driving, I'm, I'm spitting oh. the hair out of my mouth and, you know, pulling it out. Did, was, did, it was... did your tits get in the way of the steering wheel? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's mine, so I think mine were bigger than Caitlin's. So, you know. How many, about how many movies do you think you've done stunts on? What you got? We only got about two or three minutes. Uh, about how many movies do you think oh, you've done? that I've gotten credit for? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, about that's 10 true. or 12, I guess. About okay, so. There's some things I didn't get stunt credit for, but yeah. <laughs> Can't you just add yourself to it otherwise and give yourself stunt credit? Um, I don't know. Oh, a lot of okay. the, a lot of the bigger movies. They, of course, you know, she has really. Every movie today shows stunt people. I know, but they don't always give stunt people credit because there's so many. Well, I've done I've done some, some movies for friends and things like that that don't really count. They're really ultra lows that don't really count. Uh, so I don't okay. worry about those. Sometimes you don't want those on there anyway because yeah. they're not. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'll, I'll fall off the I'll fall off the building for you real quick on this or whatever. Or I like I'll drive the truck through the through the shed or something, and then that's all. <laughs> so you're crazy. So you guys, I work with a really good group. I work with a great group called Extreme Force Hollywood Stunts out of Austin. Uh, Mark Anthony Becca is the is the coordinator there, and he's uh, super. He's thirty something years in the business. He's he's a good guy and knows what he's doing. So well, I think I'm good friends guy with him. I'm on friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, I think you probably are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm friends no. with him on Facebook. That's cool. I love it. I think it's fantastic. So, you guys, check out The Mummy Murders. It's on Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon, and Voodoo. Um, check out one of the wait, other wait, movies that Jeff produced, the mummy, Ambush. We're watching Mummy Place tonight, so we'll let you know <laughs> next week we thought of it. Uh, so, you guys, yeah, yeah, we'll know Friday how you like it. And one, more, one thing I haven't had, had time to pitch yet, we shot a movie uh, several months ago. It'll be out sometime in the spring. I don't have the release date yet. Uh, but, but it's called Three Days or Else. Uh, it's a really uh, interesting uh, Texas crime drama about a, a Texas senator that gets assassinated in, in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, a detective that, that really goes out of his way to um, try and make sure the very aggressive FBI has the right guy. So it's, uh, it should be an interesting deal to be out sometime in the, in the late winter, early spring. I would think, uh, you know, sometime in late Maybe mid February. I should have dates on that pretty soon. So I love uh, it. Three days or else. Uh, got three days. got uh, uh, me and um, uh, um, uh, Michael Freeman is in it, and uh, Samuel French, who's a great uh, Texas based based actor. He was just in in Killers of the Flower Moon and and some other things. So big movie. You know, got some, some pretty good star power in there. So it should be a good movie. Three days or else. Be out soon. All right, you guys, follow Jeff on Instagram. He's at Jeff Caperton. Uh, check out Roadkill, Driven by Revenge, hits theaters on Friday. So go check it out, everybody. And um, don't forget to miss the money murders. And watch Ambush with Aaron Eckhart and Jonathan Reese Myers, because that's a cool one, yeah. too. You did Death Merchant City movie. of Destruction with Robert Lasardo. I only brought it up because we had him on a couple weeks oh, ago. Yeah. So 
I know that was a great show. He was a great interview. I watched it. I've done two movies now with him. I did a movie called The Squad, and I did that movie. He's like and my new Sardo is awesome. He's awesome. He's like my he's my new best friend. He's like we love oh, him. Right? Oh, he's I love another his love of old Hollywood. He had so much knowledge and information. He really studies this stuff and knows his Hollywood and yes. uh, and all that. I was I didn't know that about him. I just thought that was really interesting. But he's a great guy on set to work with. He was just he'll do anything you ask him to do. And he's he's just a trooper for whatever you got going on. So he was he was great to work with twice. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, want to bring in, I want to bring him in on some of the stuff that we're going to be working on. He, yeah. he, he yeah. is a true Brooklynite. Yeah. You know what a oh, Brooklyn yeah. is? Somebody who was born and raised in Brooklyn. He mm -hmm. is absolutely yeah. the, the truest Brooklyn person because I'm from Brooklyn and I love mm -hmm. him. He's honest. Yeah, he's that was one of the best shows I've ever seen y'all do. That was one of my y'all. That was just a great show. And two or three days later, I just happened to be watching some reruns of a show called In Plain Sight, and boom, he pops out <laughs> on this In Plain Sight as this creepy guy that lives in a spider hole. So <laughs> it was pretty. I love that. One, yeah. But, yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to working great, with him. Great, great actor and, and and a great guy. So yeah. So, Jeff, have safe travels. We'll see you Friday night. Enjoy yourself. Friday. And well, uh, everybody check it all out. And we'll see you Friday, Jeff. Bye. Have a very bye, safe bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thank you, bye. Jeffy. Thank you. He's a sweet guy. He's a great guy. And he's super talented. Good guy. I learn a lot of stuff from him. Good guy. Um, Why do I look like a short, fat mushroom? I'm sitting on a pillow, so I sit taller up because I, oh, well, I, 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 I look like I paved in. <laughs> So, you guys, our next guest, she's not here yet, but she's going to be, I'm sure, any second. And in the meantime, we're going to play a music video. This is a music video that we did back in the day. This is really old, um, so the quality isn't great, but it's a lot of fun. This is Ozzy Aziz. The name of the song is Let Me Be. Enjoy, and we'll hopefully be back with Ozzy. So enjoy, everybody. Here's Ozzy.
Aziz and I actually worked on that video. I made the well, the little clothes that she was wearing. <laughs> you know, it's funny to see Ozzy that young. My God! So, you guys, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work with her to get on. She's like trying to get logged in. So I just sent her the link again. So hopefully she'll come on. But Ozzy, get over talk. here. Um. Yeah. So we have to talk about something for a minute while. Well, I'm you know, I was worried because I haven't heard from Ozzy in a while. And I said to Jimmy, gee, I hope Ozzy's okay, because she's in an island right off of Israel where the war is going on. And I was, I'm just, I want to hear what she has to say about it, how dangerous it is. She actually made, though, she was the first, she made the, the uh, movie in Iraq called Beckel's Tears back in the day when Iraq was like under Saddam Hussein and, uh, 
and it went, it got went to Cannes and did all kinds of stuff. And she was a star, and she had to learn. And what do you, they speak Kurdish, I think, or whatever they speak. She mm-hmm. had to like learn it for the movie, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. But it was an award-winning film uh, called Beckles Tears, and it was really she's good. she's probably one of the sexiest, most intelligent women I know. <clears throat> she's beautiful. She's funny. She's electric. She's full of life. Both my daughters love her. We all love her. And I've known her for like 25 yeah. years. She's, she's the nicest thing Jimmy has brought to me. I'm crazy about her. And I really was worried. Where yeah, are you, Ozzy? I guess she's you? in, but oh, there she goes. She's in the green room now. Okay, bring me yeah. You're gorgeous. You're still and, beautiful. And Roger, just for you. you. All yogi now, but just for you, look, the, the ladies are out. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! All right, hang on. Let me Hi. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome wait, to- wait, before we go any further, I must say something. I love you so much. I love you so much. Happy I'm New really Year. Too, I really do. <laughs> now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Former singer, actress, entertainer, wild child, turned master yogi, like healer, wellness person, Ozzy Aziz. Yay! Welcome to the show. <laughs> so happy! I'm so happy that you're here because we haven't seen you. And Ron, you know, we didn't know that you got hacked until recently. But Ron was saying, like, I don't see Ozzy on Facebook. I hope she's okay because he was worried that maybe you were in Cyprus and things aren't going good in Cyprus you know, because of the us and all that stuff. And so he's been very worried about you. And I was like, I don't even have her real phone number. All I have is her WhatsApp. <laughs> so, so the WhatsApp is, I still have my same Florida number, Jimmy. Uh, okay. a, lot a lot of people don't know that I've actually known you two for so many years. Yes. Right? Um, so people were like, Jimmy Starr is so cool. Ron Russell's so cool. I'm like, I know. Jimmy Starr used to dress me 24 years ago. You know? I, mean, I can't believe how long we've known each other. And you don't look uh, you don't look any older at all. I'm all fucking no. gray. No, you're beautiful. And look at Ron. Ron definitely never ages. I mean, you just look the same as when I met you years ago. So say hi to everybody in the chat room because we got a bunch of people in the chat room. Say hi. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Hello. Namaste. Lovely to meet you. I'm actually here at my wellness center at the school. Um, it's a blessing to be here. So the answer to your question, uh, my all my Facebook and Instagram, all my personal stuff, I, I guess people have nothing better to do, was stolen. And um, so I was like, oh, well. And my pandemic was spent in a treehouse with my little brother, who you know, MC Alfie, remember? Oh, me. Yes. So we were on the island, away from humans, in a treehouse, um, just with bow and arrows, just being wild, Charles. Like, you know, like bow and arrows, lighting fires, swimming out in the Mediterranean. It was fantastic. My pandemic was amazing. So I, I, I just thought, you know what? We can swear on this show, right? Screw the pandemic and all the people and the craziness. Um, And I stayed out on the island for for a while and I didn't care about social media. I still taught via Zoom. And then I started teaching the retreats again. Students were flying out to me. And now I'm back. I'm in L.A. And 
one of my teachers, her name's Nare. I'm going to give her a big shout out. I think she may be watching. She now manages the space. Um, she was the one that basically put fire up my butt to start the social media again. Oh, you need <laughs> so to have it. You need to have it because that way we know you're okay too. Like we see that you're posting things because I know you just had some kind of a big like enlightening event last night. Um, New Year's Day and then two year, two days before. Okay. Um, I'm going to these beautiful events, but every New Year's Day since 2016, I've been doing a New Year's Day blessing ceremony. And without even advertising it, people just show up. They wear white, traditional, like they do in India. They come for a blessing. And I mean... It's crazy because even if I don't advertise, they show up. I guess people need this stuff. They need healing. They need love. They need, you know, to be around similar like-minded people. Even when my mom passed away, as you know, like five years ago, I I just buried her and I just got back to the country. And, you know, so imagine, imagine that state of mind. And yoga and this work always shows up for me when I really, really need it. I just buried my mother. I was just in some crazy state. And, and I flew back into L.A. And, and one of the teachers here said, get your white clothes on. Everyone's waiting for a blessing from you. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't give anyone a blessing. I literally just buried my mom. Ozzy is not all there right now. And she said, well, Ozzy better figure it out. So somehow I showed up. It was beautiful. And this work has really helped me heal because I had a lot of death in the last five years. So it really helped me heal myself. So I'm always thankful and grateful to have this work, you know, because it just shows up when you need it in your darkest moments. And that's why I can still be goofy and crazy like how you guys met me 24 years ago. I still say fuck and I still say shit. But I'm a yogi and I'm a full-time healer and it's just magnificent. <laughs> you, miss, you miss any of the – like I was watching videos of you uh, yesterday on YouTube. Like you have a video that has like you performing like in all these countries and all these state, like all – like in South Beach when I was at that one and all these, you know, different places. Do you miss that at all? Um, you know, you mean like, are you talking about the white party headlining oh, I, the white party in oh, Miami? Kind of stuff like you used to just go because this one actually had you performing in Pennsylvania and in Cyprus and in like all these places all over the world. You it know, was headlining all the gay events um, yeah. in America and then the Middle East tour. Yes, which is yeah, it's so funny how my life is. You know. In the Middle East, the whole gay thing is like taboo. And in the Middle East, I was all over the Middle East. But then I was in America headlining all the gay events. Um, I just love that diversity. But, I, you know, do I miss it? I miss performing and being around. I, I miss performing, being on stage. But I don't miss the people. I miss people like you guys. <laughs> entertainment have I'm sorry to say this if you're in entertainment other than Jimmy Starr and Ron Russell of course most people have got boring I mean they weren't like us there, there are no artists out there that are really doing it for me anymore you're right you're right okay so let me hey Ozzy let me ask the question the question okay who are you in love with today anybody special no, like people keep trying to set me up. It's hilarious. Like everyone, 
<laughs> One of my students right now, he is the new main guy at Disney and he comes here all the time. And um, he, him and his wife are lovely and they're so in love and they keep trying to set me up. Then I've got my other friends in Vegas that keep trying to set me up and everyone's just constantly trying to set Aussie up. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I've dated some of the most, you guys know, some of the most beautiful I, men in the world. I know, I know a lot of them. The one guy with the muscles, who is he? They were all with muscles. There wasn't, there, there have never been, there ha hasn't been any guy without muscles in my life. Yes, no, but there was one special one, big George. Oh, yeah, that one, yes. Uh, yes. What yes. was his name? What was his name? Tony, Tony, you know? Jimmy. No, it was it was it was Jimmy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna marry that. Then she one. had George, the air conditioner guy who was gorgeous, and then she was married, you guys. We went to her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like a mini like moment of time. Yeah, that was the craziest wedding. Remember we had like yeah, we were on a boat. little people and drag queens, and I mean it was the funnest wedding ever. Um, on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> belly dancers. I remember my mom came up to me and said, you're like the craziest bride ever. I'm like, well, this is all you're going to get if I get married. But um, so, no, there's no one I'm in love with. What My answer now to people is I don't know what's happened to me. It's like you have to be otherworldly. I mean, if Jason Momoa is listening to this, like Aquaman, like I would not say no. <laughs> and he's single right now, right? Or, or <laughs> So Lenny Kravitz, but other than that, no human's doing it for me. You know what? You get to an age where you become so particular. Yes. That you are blinded by the good people. I have a daughter, 54 years old. She's an old maid. Leslie, who, by the way, Leslie and Deirdre send love when I told them you come on the show. Send them my love. <clears throat> yeah. And they're not, they're not interested in getting married at all. No, no. I... I'm not yeah. either. Yeah. That, you know, never say never. You never know. Love can just find you at the oddest of moments, right? I actually yeah, have a movie a that I'm doing that they're considering Lenny Kravitz. It's a big budget movie, and I'm producing it, and they're considering Lenny Kravitz. So, you know, in the oh, next six think... months, that could be real. I could, like, hook you up there. <laughs> oh, so for that, I may come out of retirement, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, love it. Lenny Kravitz. He's a famous singer-actor. From Miami. I actually saw him one time when I was in Miami driving down the road in his red Ferrari. He was driving and I was like honking at him like a crazy person. <laughs> well, I, I actually, because um, I actually hung out with Lenny Kravitz uh, one time at a private party in Miami and you were always with me at the Miami events. But I went to Prince's private party and I had Prince on one side and Lenny Kravitz on the other side and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I go? You know? <laughs> Listen, what would you do with what would you do with the husband? Really, you're gonna drag him around with your lifestyle. What guy could keep yeah, up? Because you don't stay around with anyone. What place. guy could stay? What guy could possibly keep, keep up with you? Hold your interest or live your lifestyle? Because there's no way you could live his lifestyle. I met your husband. You came to my house with him. Remember? Yes. He was the sweetest man, but so boring. And <laughs> And, and so normal, and he only made you look crazier than you are because you were so way out and fabulous. And he sat there like a little, you know, like a little mouse. 
that's, that's, that's the thing, Ron. You said, what would you do with a husband? That's not the question. It's like, what would the husband do with me? Like, they just... <laughs> 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 question, because... No, seriously, what, what, what man on this planet do you think you could be compatible with? She said None. Oh, that's I, why I, I said to you... That's why I said to you, he's got to be otherworldly. He's really got to be otherworldly. And there's one of the gods, goddesses and deities. When I went to India last, um, I was in the holy city and I went to this temple and suddenly this huge statue of Shiva sitting in the middle of the Ganga River in meditation. And suddenly I saw this statue and I got turned on, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap, like, is this a sin? Like, am I meant to get turned on by one of the gods? So I went to one of my gurus and I was like, good OG, you know, is it a sin? I just got, like, I have to confess. I, I felt like, I mean, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but I felt like I was in a confession. I was like, good OG, I have to confess. Like, I just, I'm, humans don't do it for me anymore, but like, I just saw the statue of Shiva and I got totally turned on. Like, is that a sin? And he just started laughing. He's like, no. And this is what I love. The, the real gurus in, in India, they all have a sense of humor. They're not like serious, like how most, you know, priests or not putting anyone down, but they all have a sense of humor. And you can be totally open and honest about any topic. And I love that. Um, but they just, you know, this guy just laughed and he said, no, that's totally not a sin. It's that's how you're meant to feel. You're meant to, you know, fall in love with that, you know? And so Shiva, if you were to look up Shiva, he's super hot. If he came down, I think he'd be my guy. Look up Shiva in meditation. The good thing about Shiva is that he's made of stone, right? <laughs> and he never can drop a heart on. <clears throat> Because it's hard as a rock. I knew you were going to come up with some. It's hard because it's hard as a rock. <laughs> Actually, though, you know, one thing about you is that you've always been that way, though. You've always been like totally like open book, like talk about yes. anything, you know, since the first day I ever met you. Yes. Um, so I you think that's. Haven't, you haven't actually changed. You've just expanded your horizons, you know, because normal people don't do it. Right. I think um, I've always stayed true to myself. Yes. Whatever I've done in life. And I think that's really important, especially as an artist and especially like even more so as, uh, you know, someone in the spiritual world. Uh, we have to be role models. And I by me standing up and speaking my truth and being accepting of, you know, everything, no judgment that kind of allows others and, you know, gives them the confidence to be able to express themselves as well freely and not be so judgy. That's the other thing in the world. I don't know if you've noticed it, but people weren't as judgy like uh, years back. No, they weren't. I mean, am, I, am I going nuts or like has the world got extra judgy recently? Their own thing and everybody was like, Praise for being an individual now. Yeah, like if but you're that's an not true. Not. Everything we gay people did, we did undercover. We didn't do openly. So I don't know where that goes. Um, that was even before that, but not in our time. No, but what about what? So, so he's got me out there with Emperor Nero. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, Ron, 
think of it in this like way. And, and I know Jimmy will like think of music in the 80s, right? We had we had cameo with that cock piece on, right? In his outfit and like like with his band. Everyone loved it. We had Michael Jackson with his weird little setup. Everyone loved it. We had Madonna in her crazy stuff. Everyone loved it. We had Boy George that was so obviously dressed in, you know, his like drag queen style, but not one person said, oh, he's a drag queen or he's gay. We had, I mean, think of it, Prince, his very first performance. I remember I was 11. He showed up on stage in underwear, fire high boots and a guitar and owned it. Everyone was so individual and unique. And I don't remember anyone being judgy or, or making a thing out of it. And now everyone's judgy about everything. And that's kind of a little sad. And that's even more so why, um, as a spiritual teacher, I think it's even more important for me to stay true to myself and speak my truth, but with kindness, from, from a kind place, from a non-judgmental place, accepting of all, and and showing people that it's okay to be your authentic true self. Like, I have to do that. It's part of my job, I think. He doesn't change for anybody. He's always... Exactly. You guys both are like that, too. You don't change for anybody. Jimmy, you, you don't change for anybody. No. no I, I march to my own drummer. <clears throat> And it's yes. some people like it, some people like us, some people don't like us, and we don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> no, but you know what I find, Ozzy? Yes. The people who don't like me are yes. people who want to be me. Exactly. Because exactly. They, they are jealous of my freedom of speech, my freedom of mind, and my, free, my freedom. I'm all about freedom. Uh, if, if you say, like, what is Ron Russell one thing? Freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of identity, freedom of being. I, I, I cannot be ever, ever locked up. He always says I'm like a butterfly. you got to, like, let me fly. I'm a butterfly. <laughs> I am a butterfly, and I can't stay in one place long, and I can't be confined. Just like you, Ozzy, because you're all over the place. Well, that's why I love her so much, because I relate to her. If I had tits, I could be Ozzy. <laughs> Yeah, these. They, they're out for you, Rod. I swear they're out for you. I know, you know that because I, we had Eileen Shapiro was on the Christmas show, and I was so mad because she wore a turtleneck. <laughs> I, they're I, out for you. I said, you did that for spite, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell you guys a story. So, like, Ozzy and I used to go everywhere together. Mm -hmm. We would go to, like, we went to the Dance Star USA's Awards, the MVP Awards. We went to all these great, like, events. We even walked the red carpet with Nick Carter and Paris Hilton and, I don't know, all these people. We were right with all of them on the red carpet for an event. And uh, and then when the event was over, she went – we were at a party with um, Cameron – Carmen Electra and and uh, what's the guy? Uh, David Barrow, her husband. Yeah, David Barrow, who was wearing a skirt, and and she Ozzy wanted to know what like was under the skirt, so he fucking pulled the skirt down. No, but do you remember? So, so you you forgot the most important part, Jimmy. So we were at the after party at Ultra Music Fest, and um, I had one of your outfits on, and this outfit literally looked like band-aids around me. It was like nothing. It was like these straps. It was so out there. And I had my back to someone. I think I was leaning over, and I felt a big slap on my butt. And I turned around to punch whoever it was, and it was uh, Carmen Electra. 
So that was who's and that's how we met them. It was Carmen Electra. So obviously, I'm not going to punch Carmen Electra. Uh, it was it was a nice um, surprise, and then we started talking to him, and then we hung out with him a few times. It was so much fun. It was and from your out. outfit. She yeah, said, but remember, Me. I modeled. I was a butt model. I can't even believe I'm saying all this as a spiritual teacher. But remember, in your Lawrence Martel, you did those butt pictures with his guitar. I still see him. I still talk to him all the time. How is he? He's doing really, really good. And that's another freedom, freedom, freedom of memory. Okay. Yes. Never yes. put braces on your memory because you lived it. You did it. Don't hurt it. Don't hate it. Relive it. Enjoy it. I do. I mean, you're talking about common Electra. I could talk about my buddy, Jane Russell, yes. who I was like brother and sister with. So uh, we all have a beautiful background, but I live in my memories. We hung out with good Charlotte. Um, and we were left the Dance Star USA Awards, and there was a guy standing there who had just won an award, and he didn't have a way to get to his hotel. And it was the bunny from Rabbit in the Moon, who was a really big deal back at that time. And we picked him up and took him, and then we went to the after party with Paul Oakenfold and Paul Van Dyke and all these like, and Tracy Young, who's been on the show a bunch of times. We're very good and, friends with her now. Diddy was there, remember? Diddy was there. So then, you guys, Ozzy's favorite. A horror movie because Ozzy and I bonded over horror movies is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> this is so yeah, funny. he loves Freddy Krueger. So we were at Scream Fest in Orlando and we went to Halloween Horror Nights and the theme of it was Freddy Krueger and every Freddy Krueger that came out of the different places to scare you, she would kiss them. <laughs> Literally, she would kiss Freddy Krueger. Everybody was freaking out because she's kissing <laughs> Freddy Krueger with the claws and everything. Every And not just one of them, every one. There's like 50 of them and she kissed all of them. It was such a good time, you know, and life was, it was, it was just fun. Like we were carefree and we didn't give a shit. I still don't give a shit. I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't. And and my students all see it and and they they laugh, you know. I mean, if your heart is good, you're a good person. I mean, fuck it. Just be who you are, right? Yes. And I was actually talking about um your story with Jane Russell to one of one of uh, my new teachers here yesterday, Ron, because I was like remembering beautiful times with you both and I was telling her about you and Jane Russell and the stories and and Sophia Loren right didn't you I was never <laughs> friends with Sophia I knew her I met her on the movie set yeah uh, for, for like maybe 30 25 minutes yeah. but Jane and I were buddies we hung out we slept in each other's houses we went to dinner we went to the movies I mean we did everything together like like a brother and sister um, I live those, I tell Jimmy all the time, I'm so sorry Jimmy wasn't with me in those days. And Jimmy has said he would have loved to have met her. And I defend Jane. Jane Russell was not mean. Jane Russell was not nasty. Jane Russell was honest, just like me. If you were a piece of shit, she avoided you or let you know it. She was a very outspoken woman about her religion, about her politics, about her sexuality, about everything. Jane Russell was like you, Ozzy, <clears throat> not as flamboyant, <laughs> no, not as not as not as glamorous, you know, not as theatrical, not as wonderful. She was subdued. She was quiet. She was an introvert, but yet 
was an, an extrovert, but not a big ex. I can't explain it. She was just a damn nice person. And now they've written a book about her that's got me going crazy. I don't even want to read it. And it's filled with lies and, and bullshit. Because when you're dead, they could say anything they want about you. You're not going to say, hey, fucko, that didn't happen. But um, I don't know what to do if I should write a book uh, defending her. What's the point? You don't even have to say defending her. Just write a book and, and call it the real story. I well, mean, hello. Yep. Somebody, somebody. Wait, you don't need to badmouth anyone. You just write a book. Oh, and no, I wouldn't bad, badmouth Someone wrote, I should do Jane and I, titled the book Jane and I, and just yes. talked about Jane, pro, uh, stories that make her good, that make her look good, like the fact that she started the adoption agency WAIF, bringing children in from Europe after the Second World War. Nobody knows that about Jane. Right. Uh, Jane was just a super-duper woman. The money that she gave to her church, it, it was astronomical. She, there's so much about Jane Russell, more than just a pair of tits. But everybody only knows her as a pair of tits. And you know what she was? A 36B. That's all her bra size was. And they made such a big... Ozzy's bigger than that. <laughs> oh, Christ. Two D's, not a secret. <laughs> you know, they made you. If you were back in the 1940s, forget about it. You would have been considered gigantic. Yes. She's still considered gigantic. No, she's not. She's normal. Today. So where do you go? So first of all, you guys follow Ozzy on her Instagram. Her new Instagram is is Ozzy Aziz official, and then you can follow her spot, her studio, the Wellness of Oz. What do we call it? It's not, it's not really. A, did you call it a studio? Um, it's a healing center. It's a yoga studio, a school, and a healing center. Because we have yoga every day, every type of yoga, but it's not just yoga. We do anything that makes people feel good. We've had acupuncturists in here. We have an amazing couple. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they come in, husband and wife. Shout out to Kiki and Gianni and all my teachers that come here. They do breath work every Thursday night. And no joke, just from your own breath, like every Thursday I take the class, I'm tripping balls off of my own breath. But <laughs> and, where are you? Where, how can we Burbank. find you? So, so the studio, the school is in Burbank, um, in, you know, right near – Warner Brothers, and it's in a really great location. And oh, and and um, just letting you in on a little secret, there'll be a second space soon, but no one knows that yet. So a little secret, and I'll give you the address of that in a, in a few months. Um, but yeah, we have all types of healing here: hypnotherapy, acupuncture, breath work. We have cacao ceremonies, sound healing. Um, I've been doing this stuff for years in this space and it's only started to become trendy in LA now. Like everyone's just started to do this stuff now. And, and this is something that's been going on in this space for so many years, you know, different types of healers and light workers just coming here, showing up and, and doing this amazing work to help people. And I did something real crazy during the pandemic. So I noticed that all around me, all in LA, all the yoga studios were closing down. And because they couldn't afford the rent, you know, rent in LA is crazy. So as, as you guys were saying, you know me, I, I'm like a butterfly all over the place. I can't sit still. So I did the opposite of everyone because everyone said, how is your school still there? 
when all of them shut down. Well, I did the opposite. I have no husband. I have no kids. And I'm like a free spirit. So I got rid of my home. I got rid of my car. I kept my school, even though it was shut. And I took off. As I told you, I was with my little brother in a treehouse for the whole pandemic. <laughs> and, and so I was teaching from, you know, I was teaching in the mountains from a treehouse. Uh, and then, as I said, the students started flying out to me until I could open again. And then I flew back. You know, I, I went to Florida, actually, for a little while. Do you remember Buffy, my friend Buffy? Yeah. Right. So she has a lake house in Florida. The backyard's just a lake. And I went and stayed there for a little while, too, with, you know, she had a boat and a jet ski and and a kayak. And I was there by myself for another few months. And, and that was amazing, you know, and spent a little time with Buffy as well, who I absolutely love, a dear friend. Uh, and I've known her as long as I've known you. But so so that's how I kept my school. I gave everything else up and kept, that's how my school is still standing. Hey, well, the wellness of Oz.com. Is that the website? Yes. The wellness of Oz.com. I knew from the pandemic that everyone was scared of physical health. I knew that we were going to come back with mental health issues more than physical health. And that's why it was important for me to keep the space. So, yeah. Yes. Quick thing, because we have five minutes. Wait, the, I want to answer. Hang on, wait, wait. I got to ask this question first. On Facebook, you see a million ads, and the people in the chat room are asking, "What do you think about chair yoga?" Because everybody's like, "There's a, a million articles about chair yoga on Facebook." Is that a real thing? You have it to have is, chair. It no. is, and I actually do the. Tra I'm a yoga teacher trainer. I'm an actual school, right? So, um, Yoga Alliance approved. So that's recognized around the world. And I actually lead a chair yoga teacher training. Um, people can get certified under me. And chair yoga is a total real thing. And it's not just for the elderly. That's how it's normally advertised. It's not just for the elderly. It's for injured athletes. It's for people that are on long flights. I use it when I'm on long flights. When you're stuck in traffic, it's for everyone, right? And it's amazing. So it is a real thing, but it has to be taught properly. That is what where, where you really got to be careful. You need good teachers. Okay, good. Okay, go. Okay. What's going on with Cyprus? <clears throat> What's going on with Cyprus? My little brother's out there right now. Um, I started building some stuff for the healing center that is one of my dreams, as you know. Um, but right now I've left it and I've come back to be in my school. Now, so does, the war, does, the war, does the war in Israel affect you in any way? Since no. you're, close to, you're so close to Israel. You, you know, Cyprus is one of those islands where everything around it, where it's located, everything around it, all the countries always have these wars and crazy stuff going on. But somehow Cyprus has always been this little island um, where only little mini wars have gone on, nothing major. And so I always would joke that it would be the place where pirates would, because it's so right in the middle of the Middle East, Mediterranean and Europe. So I would always joke saying this is where the pirates stopped and hid all their stuff because no one ever like bothers Cyprus, even though it's close to Israel and Lebanon and the Middle East. And, yeah. you know, uh, no, it's completely fine. You don't have to lock your door. Um, they, I mean, 
my family's from the Turkish side, the northern side of, of Cyprus. It's split in two, but you can cross over. The Europe, the southern is considered Europe. The northern is considered Turkish Republic. Right. Um, but but they don't fight. There's a border and you can cross over. So so the Turks and the Greeks get along. They're like island people. Island people are very relaxed, chill. You don't have to lock your doors. Very easygoing. But you don't. Yeah. That the war in Israel will ever affect you? No, Cyprus never gets affected. No. That, that's what I was worried about. No. Jimmy, didn't, Jimmy didn't know where Cyprus was. I said, listen, you go over the George Washington Bridge and you make a right and that's Cyprus. And Jimmy said, oh, have I ever been there? I said, oh, many times. <laughs> no, no, no joking. Uh, I told Jimmy where it was and he was concerned also. And I said, I'm worried because of this terrible war that's going on in Israel. Mostly because we haven't seen any post by you, so yeah. we're like, is Ozzy and, okay? <laughs> and, you know, we don't, and we don't get any information about Cyprus because Cyprus is not Hollywood. Hang on, so we have one minute. So you but, guys, please, you guys, first of all, follow Ozzy Aziz official. If you're looking for a studio and you want to learn yoga and healing um, and, and, and get healed, go to uh, thewellnessofoz.com. It's in Burbank. Her Instagram is the Wellness of Oz. I want to make sure that you please make sure you tell MC Alfie I said hello, and I'm only wishing great things for him. What are we? You guys, at? wait. She's not in Cyprus. She's in LA. We could see her. I know, but um, I but I can drive up and see you. But MC Alfie's in Cyprus. Go ahead. He is, and um, so anyone that I just want to shout out that I actually am starting a teacher training. Uh, Yoga Alliance teacher training January 12th. So there's still time for people to sign up. And I'm leading a retreat in the Fiji Islands in November. So that's a quick announcement from our end. And come see us and follow my new pages as the other ones got stolen by some weirdos. And you guys are the intro song for the Jimmy Star show that goes, Jimmy Star, that's Ozzy and MC Alfie, her brother. They did the actual song 20 years ago. Are you still using it? Yeah, we still use it at the beginning of the show. So... So, uh, so everybody listen to it. And again, Ozzy, we miss you. We love you. It's so great oh, to yeah. see you. Oh, and we'll yeah. see. I'm oh, going to yeah. stay in touch now that I know you're here. We're and if we have any cool to... events, we'll, we'll come to LA and visit too. We're going to be in LA uh, for a couple of times. Yeah. When we know and we're coming. We we'll could see. do a lunch. We could do a dinner. We could just do a kiss. Either Any of those three things. We, we could go. do a carpet. I can drive to you guys in Palm Springs and we could have dinner like last time. Whatever you want. We got to do we'll it. We'll be in touch because we got to go around the time. Ozzy, we love you. Thank you. See you later. Namaste. Yay. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Love her. So can turn out to So Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix, it's another episode Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Interviewing the hottest news that you will send to the celebrities Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude Chat room is live and you would be a fool Not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Come watch it live on W4CY Radio Missing past episodes, download on iTunes The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Oh.